The contents of our show have many references to alcohol and drinking. We want to acknowledge our friends in recovery and let them know we love you and support you. If you or someone you know is a person with substance use disorder, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. Sitters here, taxis not far, meet you at the closest bar. No toddler grass until sunrise, slowly sip that whiskey ride. Gather parents for us near, it's time to hit that bottle of Hello, everybody. Hello. I hate hello. that, but hello. <laughs> What do you hate? You hated what you did? Yeah, yeah, like that. I do like a weird hello. I, I like a like a Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Hello there. Yeah. <laughs> hello. Oh, starting off strong with my laugh. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Why are you sorry? It's beautiful and contagious. Like Thank you. I think it's really. Nice. I think I think aggressive is a positive word. We should just mm-hmm. take that one back for the girls. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what I posted uh, about this week with River. I'm like, don't you dare call her aggressive. You know, because somebody else sent me that thing. I'm sure people have seen it, but that thing that's like to the women who have been called aggressive, you are assertive to the like right. that whole yes. spiel. Um, somebody sent it to me last week and I'm like, yeah, that resonates. And I've been called that way too much in my life. Most yeah. recently at my most previous job. So Ew. fuck that. Fuck that. Mm-mm. Anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's Alicia and Sarah of Hitting the Bottle Podcast. Thank you for listening. You know that. You clicked it. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope I hope you know. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't know, welcome. If you're welcome. a first timer, welcome, is, welcome. This is where you're at now. You live here. Welcome. You live here with us, and um, you're going to like it here. It's cozy. It's a little dirty sometimes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So I had a fun thing this week that I did for myself, which it, it kind of comes off of me time, right? Because we talked about me time last week. And mm-hmm. um, I there's a few things that I've wanted to do for myself for a very long time and just haven't because it's just felt weirdly out of reach. Um, so I got my first electrolysis appointment where they zap the shit out of your face and like fire the hairs at the root. And, um, it was an experience. Yeah. And my face is blown up. Okay. So I told you this already, but, um, it was such a compliment because she's like, all right, I'm going to start doing this and you're just going to have to tell me how you feel. And she started doing it and I was like, it's fine. She's like, okay, well, your hot, your pain tolerance is so high that I'm just going to zap like five at a time. Yes. I'm just gonna zap a bunch. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it is. I, know. I was like, and hell hit yeah. Hit me up. Yeah. Zap, zap it up. But, <laughs> exactly. uh, and then I like halfway through, I was like, it's hard to talk because she's doing, she was doing my chin because I have facial hair, you guys. Let's, let's talk about it for a second. Listen, I have, we all have facial hair. So normalize it. Maybe some well, are just different colors than others though. There's the thing is there's mine is thing. dark. Mine is dark. I have been made fun of for it since I was young, which is probably why I'm so self-conscious of it now. Like I remember high school, some kid 
like made fun of me to other people talking about how I had a mustache and um, just that. Like it's always been there. And like a boyfriend I dated once, I remember saying something to him like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know, maybe telling him about it. And he was like, yeah, Sarah, I've been really close to your face. I've seen it. Oh, fuck you, dude. Right. Come on. But but, I, but it's like such a it's such a it's like so uh, it's such a hard thing to talk about because I'm so self-conscious about it. Um, and it's our society, right? Like women mm-hmm. can't be hairy. Women can't have hair. Um, and there's actually a woman I follow. I should look her name up, but I follow her on Instagram and she's got a full unibrow and she's insanely beautiful, but she's just like owning the shit out of it. And yes. I'm obsessed with her. Um, I love that. Anyway. So, so something that I just felt like I've been wanting to do for a long time and like shaving and plucking every day of my life is just not something I want to deal with. So I'm giving myself this gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she was doing it, I was like, man, this kind of hurts good. Like every time I started laughing, she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Every time I hear the zap, like every time you hear the electrical current, like zap it, I was like, yeah. it makes me feel, uh, it just makes me feel good. Like shit's happening. And I, well, you're like kicking every person who fucking talks shit to you about it in the <laughs> face, which with each zap, it's like, fuck you, kid. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. You little punk ass bitch. Yeah, screw all you. <laughs> oh man, but it, it was always it was always like uh, I got made fun of so much growing up. It was like my clothes, my I was just like the weird kid, which is fine. I liked being a weirdo, but anyway, manifested. Mm-hmm. Well, the weird ones always end up being the best ones, right? So, well, cheers to being weird. Yeah, except for like you know serial killers and shit. Yes. Well, I wouldn't call them weird. I would call them uh, uh, psychopathic. Yeah, psychopathic. This- psychopathic sociopathic sociopathic this is also the third episode in a row that I've mentioned serial killers so we're gonna have to Mm -hmm. figure out a way for us to combine being a mom and serial killers I think that we should change the premise of this podcast and just talk about we should just make it like the um that show um oh my gosh it's on oxygen about women who kill their husbands yes oh god I used to fucking used to watch snapped all day long like marathons all day long so good I feel like that's the original that's like what got me into true crime like snapped is what led me or started my journey potentially in the true into loving true crime because I was like I mean like staying home from sick (laughs) that makes a lot of sense um (laughs) staying home from school watching Maury in the morning and then snapped in the afternoon like getting oh my all all kinds of and the the thing about snapped was like it it there were so many episodes I feel like I didn't mm-hmm. I mean I definitely watched more than one them more than once but I feel like it wasn't often that there was a repeat there's yeah. just a lot of crazy crazy people out there mm-hmm. there's some uh, fucking women out there who are just you know and you know some of those stories were like well she had it up to here so she yeah snapped. and it's like well yeah <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I see why. Normalize murder. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't come at no, me. No, but there, I think that I think there's such a. I mean, you watch all these shows. You watch all these crime shows. You watch all the or whoever. If you if you were into that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and they they uh, the stigma, the um, the way that they demonize women and victimize, uh, not victimize, but uh, blame the victim of women so often is so problematic. Um, 
But it's just, it's just, yeah. I haven't actually watched Snapped in a long time, so it might be interesting to watch it again yeah. and see how how it's phrased. But um, anyway, it's just fucked up. Real quick, I read a book over the summer, and it it is amazing. And it was, um, I don't know the name of it right now. I could go get it, but it's like the the lake house or the lady by the lake or lady in the window, lady in the window. And oh. the premise of it pretty much is that her husband was a serial killer, and because of that he went into jail and she had to go like into hiding because everybody assumed she had something to do with it. And like, it was all her fault. And um, she was like on the run with her kids for years, trying to escape all these people who are trying to come at her. And it's like, did that ever happen to a man? Like, no, I don't think that would ever happen to a man. They'd be like, Oh, you poor thing. You and your poor children. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you of course, like, oh. we expect women to know everything and nothing, right? So, uh-huh. anyway, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Expect everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sharp left. Why are you sorry? On the serial killer no. talk. Let's, let's take lefts. <laughs> let's take rights. Let's take ups and downs. All righty. Let's do it all. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go heart shaped here and like um, talk about Valentine's Day coming up. Okay. Um, <laughs> because I'm so, you know, I, you know, I love Valentine's Day. You know how much I love love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how, how much I love to date. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I love, love it all. Uh, I haven't, I haven't dated in a long time, guys. It's been a long time. <clears throat> but that's why it's funny because uh, anyway, uh, I, I'm doing a, which you might see at this point. I don't know if it'll be posted anywhere yet, probably, but um doing a parody uh, this week from my corn queen <laughs> uh, days of, of quarantine, bringing back a, uh, a little, little Valentine's parody for, for the moms out there that uh, might be trying to date right now. Yeah. So if you need a laugh, um, well, it's really good because you used to do these so often in the beginning of quarantine. Um, Sarah made a bunch of parody videos and she goes like all out. This isn't just like a voice recording over like text. Okay. It's like, okay. I can't remember. Okay. 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 Listen, guys. Shut Listen. the up. Okay. Delicious <laughs> um, talking and it's real shit. It's Listen. Fucking up. real. Um, no, she used to do them all the time and she'll, she'll do like a music video. I mean, she writes her own lyrics for them. It is really impressive. And if you want to go back and look, if this one's not out, go back and look at, um, her other one. Maybe we'll post one in the, in the show, um, in our show post on Tuesday, but if this one's not ready, but, um, it'll be, it has to be ready tomorrow actually. So it will be, I just realized tomorrow's Friday. Um, but there's so, but there's a, (laughs) um, but there's a part of it where I talk about, um, a pun that people probably won't, not a pun. Uh, it's a little bit of a pun and a little bit of a, uh, a story that many people won't understand, which you wouldn't have understood if I didn't tell you. Mm -hmm. I heard a very great story this week. (laughs) Two nights ago, I was like, I miss you. And Sarah's like, okay, fine. Call me. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even true. (laughs) Anyway, we got on a zoom and we talked for, I don't even know how long hours. And this one subject came up and I was like, shut everything down. Close the windows, board up the doors, give me six bottles of wine. I'm in it now. 
So we're now going to give you guys that. Um, my experience, I hope, will, or your experience, I hope, will be the same as mine. And just for that, I'm going to do this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we're going to have to post this because people will have to see this. Look how handsome. He's Look so at that cute. handsome face. It's a, it's a great He's picture. So, you know what? You're right. Because I was like, is he that, like, I, you know, so many, oh, well, I'm not going to, I won't give any spoilers. But when I was Googling him for this photo, <laughs> you guys, can, I'm like one with him. I know. It's really creepy because your eyes are gone. Um, When I was Googling him, I was like, oh, yeah, he's cute. Because <laughs> oh, you only think of him handsome. in one way. You only think of him with that hair. With the hair. Yeah. Yeah. And he did he did have the hair. Uh he had longer hair than this when, when I dated him. But um um so so when I was in college, I worked I actually moved out to LA to do a, an internship. And the company I worked for was a PR company and we um opened a club, did the club opening for a place called Holly's West. And opening night, I invited my girls, a couple of us went to the club. Um Devin and Laura. Hi, guys. Uh, and we decided we, we, we were there. It was really fun. I, I'll name drop a little bit, but like Chelsea Handler was there. It was like a random, random array of people. But um, Chelsea Handler told us the story about uh, Janice Dickinson stealing cheese and putting it in her purse at a party and like just being a weird human. It was really fun. Um, and then we see Justin Guarini. Um, of American Idol fame, season one, Kelly Clarkson's runner up. If you don't know him, take a look, look him up. Um, you know him. And that was, yeah. And it was funny. It was like, oh, there's Justin Guarini. Okay, cool. Why is he here? Whatever. Um, and then we go about our business. And then when we're leaving, this was Friday night, he was outside and he was on the phone, like down the street. And I was probably a little drunk and I turned to him and I just screamed down the street, Justin, we love you. And he turned around and he goes, love you too, babe. And I was just like, that was hilarious. And that was the end of it. Uh, so we leave. Next night, we're like, we got nothing to do. Let's go back to Holly's West. <laughs> uh, and pause. Can you, I just like miss that. Even I don't care where I, I would be in a sweaty club with like 900 people right now. Oh my I, gosh. I, I, I don't miss like dancing. I, I know I'm not just, a, I'm just not a dancer, but like being in a bar. Yep with other humans yep. Ugh, sitting on like a weird uh vinyl-y seat mm. with like the oh my god whatever mm. I don't care if there's holes in it I'll sit there mm -hmm. let me be there yep um this was a new place though so it was actually kind of nice but anyway so so we get there night two and Justin Guarini is there again and um I just I was smitten. I was, I was just, I was like, he is quite sexy. I don't remember exactly how it happened. I think that, I think I got up to go to the bathroom because I saw that he went up to go to the bathroom. It could be the other way around. It could have been like, I was in the bathroom and then he came into the line. We just started talking. He invited me to sit with him and his friends. I remember the Ted Baker dress that I was wearing. I was feeling really good. Um, and then and that was it. And then we started hanging out and, um, it was just maybe two months, three months. I don't know however long I was here of, uh, a little, a little idle affair. Idle affair. Um, oh my God. 
I like that. It's like the sequel to True Lies. True Lies. <laughs> the idol of fame. Mm. And uh, some of my favorite mo- memories, one of my favorite things that I actually, people like to, for me to tell it, so I'll tell it. Um, we, his hair was longer. He had the, he had the curls. And we went to Malibu um, to, to hang out with this friend. We were all like in the water swimming. And he goes into the water. He dives in. He turns around. He walks out. He shakes his head. <laughs> And his hair is dry. It was like, he just shook off the water and it was like, yep. it was just perfectly curled back to his head. And it was just a magical moment. Um, it was really magical. I like to picture it in like uh, slow-mo and the water's like yeah. hitting you in the face as you're sitting underneath him. <laughs> just like, <laughs> you're just getting slapped uh, by water, but you're like, I'm enjoying this so much. But it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it was really, it was an interesting time. We dated for a while, a couple months, and then um, I had to leave because it was just an internship. And, um, you know, poor little 20-something me was so devastated thinking that Justin and I were going to get married and live together forever. Um, but I did, so he, he ends it with me. And like, like you know, it wasn't, it was, come on, guys. It wasn't, we, I knew, I know. It wasn't going anywhere. But, uh, but when he ends it, um I wrote him an email. So he, he ended it, but I still had a couple days left. And so um, he and I exchanged emails pretty much all the time instead of like texting because that was not really a thing. We were like writing emails. Um, we were texting too, but anyway, we emailed a lot. So I have all those emails. <laughs> um, but the last one after he ended it and said his piece, I wrote him back one and the title was Don't You Worry About a Thing. And if anybody is a fan of American Idol, you'll know that he sang that song. Um, and I wrote my piece and, you know, whatever, who knows, it probably was really silly. Uh, and then at the very end, I wrote, P.S. I voted for Kelly. <laughs> and um, he never responded to that email or he did. And he never responded to that piece. But uh, any hope of of a love rekindling after that probably was not. It's my favorite was part. Not, uh, <laughs> what, an, what an asshole oh come on <laughs> whatever <laughs> I thought I was hey I thought I was really clever I thought I was doing something there. that's hilarious yeah. I also love that he's like here with us right now and I know hi hi Justin it's been a while cup your little chin it's been a while mm. okay so nobody knows what we're talking about I have a Justin <laughs> Guarini virtual background on zoom right now and I'm just cupping his face and he is really just staring at me, and it's kind of, uh, he's like, it's kind of he's like, really, bitch, you're going to talk about this? Really, bitch? I know. <laughs> he's got that smirk on his face, too. Like, oh, okay, you're going to tell the story? Go ahead. Hey, listen, and there's also two sides, three sides to every story, his mind and the truth. So, like, please. But yeah. uh, I, was, I was young and naive and uh, a mess, you know. So um, it was a fun time. And then he ended up, so he breaks up with me. Three days later, I'm still in L.A. My brother and I get on a get get to the airport to fly back my brother lived here but we were like he was coming home with me for uh, a little bit and uh we're like watching arrested development on his computer and all of a sudden i hear the voice and i look up and there's justin guarini about to get on our flight randomly no idea he was going to be on it and um this this it must have been I think I said it was a father but it was it was a mother and a daughter or something and they a father and a daughter I can't remember but they walked up to Justin and they were like oh my god can we take your photo and um the 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 parent was like man you're so much better looking in person (laughs) 
And it was my favorite moment because it just felt like, ha, I don't know why that felt good. Yeah. Because he's very active, but it was just like a moment where I was like, why do you say that to someone? You can't say that. Right. Right. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Uh, And then he saw me and he picked me up and twirled me around the airport uh, extravagantly. And it was very uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) And uh, that was it. Then we got on the plane and he did a weird thing and, and then we, we, we had a stop in Phoenix. He was going to Phoenix. So, uh, like, weird kismet that he was on the same plane as me after all of that. But uh didn't mean anything because he's married to someone else now. And, unfortunately, our love uh, did not get to blossom or be rekindled. So I just find it so bizarre that he was on the same flight as you. Like, it was – and I don't think I knew – I can't remember if I knew he was going there or not, but I – it had like n- no idea. And I'm, I'm like heartbroken at that point. So I'm, I told you, I'm like in my gray sweats, like looking like a mess yeah. and I see him and I'm already, and I'm feeling like so sad. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, this is bad. I don't like this at all. Yeah. Uh, but that's like, what, such are like the a, chances? what are the chances? That's such like a movie yeah. scene in my mind though. Right. Like every, well, I don't want to say every person, but like I used to go to airports and be like, this is just the most romantic thing. Like when I would fly (laughs) back and forth from like in boarding school and I would fly home to California on a weekend or whatever. And my boyfriend at the time lived in California and I lived in Arizona. And every, every time I would, I would land or I would take off. I'm like, he's going to be running through the airport. Like, no, he's he's never running (laughs) through the airport. He's like, I didn't even know you were flying in this weekend. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right. No, one time he did pick me up with flowers, and it, but it was in the car with flowers. And I'm like, you couldn't have just walked 20 feet inside so people could see that you're giving me flowers <laughs> in an airport. It's like every girl's dream. Um, like, please. It is. Why? Why are we so it's obsessed movies. with that? But we are. The movies, man. I, I did it. I Did I surprise him? I picked Joe up. I picked Joe up once uh from the airport and I thought it was like I'm like I'm gonna do it to him I'm gonna do what I want someone to do for me to them just to give them that experience and then maybe they'll reciprocate it but he did not so no no boys I had like I had like sexy uh lingerie on I was like in the airport under it under I I didn't like walk in the airport with like bra and panties (laughs) like a trench coat I just had (laughs) it watches and lingerie come out I'm starting a new business and I'm sexy. <laughs> like me. <laughs> Love me. Uh, somebody want to watch and a show? Mm-hmm. Here you go. Thank you for doing that because I that was, it was starting to freak me out. <laughs> okay, Justin, Justin has left the building. Justin has left. Thank you for coming. We really appreciate your guest um, appearance tonight. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyway. What is my <laughs> There's my, there's my story. So the episode today. Yes, I was going to say, should we talk about, I, I did have, because of that story, I wanted to just share my own um, little celebrity rendezvous that I had. And it might, it might I don't know. It might top yours. So watch out. Um, <laughs> I was around 13 and I was at Zuma Beach, Tower 7. If you know Tower okay. 7, Zuma okay. Beach, that is the hot spot back in our day. And um, Shia LaBeouf was oh. a little, a little, maybe, maybe like 10, 10 of my arms reach away 
could have said that much better, but um, <laughs> maybe like 10 feet away from me. <laughs> 10 of my arms, of my arms away. Ball. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we were like, oh my God, it's Shia LaBeouf. And he was with like other guys that were probably on the Disney channel. And he came over because he liked my pink razor Motorola flip phone. And I was like, thank oh, you. Yeah. Or actually it wasn't a razor because I don't think razors were out until high school. So this was before. I think it was just like a pink flip phone. I like a pink cover. And he's like, I like your pink, your pink flip phone. And I was like, I like your show. And, <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, um, we drove through Canaan Canyon together and he took me to islands and um, Islands is like right at the end of Caden Cannon, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. And we went to Islands and sat next to him and he gave me Hillary Duff's number. And then <laughs> and then I would call it for like years, um, just trying to get in touch with her. But he, when we were sitting there at the restaurant, like all of his Disney friends came and my two friends that I was with. And um, he was like telling the waitress that I was Hillary Duff. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And I look nothing like her. So it was like hilarious. But, and then we parted ways. That was it. You didn't, you never called him again? Never talked to him again? I never talked to him again, which is probably a good thing um, coming from Mm -hmm. all of these recent. But you know what? Who, you know, maybe they're not true. I don't know. Whatever. But allegations. Well, either way, you didn't have to. uh, Yeah. 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 I kind of wanted to like give him some like air of mystery. He's like, who was that girl? And I'm like, oh. Fuck around and find out. No, <laughs> he probably still thinks about you to this day. He is probably like pink razor phone, pink flip phone mm-hmm. has my heart forever and ever. You had my heart when I watched your like honey boo boo, whatever that was called. It wasn't called honey boo boo, but honey do, honey, honey melon. Mm-hmm. Those are all fruits. Um, <laughs> the movie. Mm-hmm. Honey baby? Somebody please help me. What is that? What is it? Mean? I, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's a movie that he <laughs> made. Shark the kids? <laughs> There's a movie he made about his life. Honey boy. Oh, no, I don't. Honey oh, boy. honey boy. No, I never, I never saw it. I honestly, I, I've always liked, I don't like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very on the fence now. Uh, obviously if he's a, uh, abuser, yeah. I, I do not, uh, no thank you yeah uh let's not even but, give him more you know. space let's just okay i well i was gonna say real quick i did watch a movie with him recently mm-hmm. and um it was so good and so fucking heavy and hard to watch um trigger warning it's about loss of a child and like birth uh yeah it's it was i'm like gonna cry thinking about it it was so fucking hard and heavy um and i'm gonna tell you the name of it though because if if you guys it's worth a watch if you can handle it and my friend um my friend actually messaged me about it and was like you should watch this if you can um i mean he's and a, he's I, a very he's a great actor and he's he does deep emotional things very well which is probably why <laughs> he's so twisted in the head i don't know i mean he's he's a he's a piece of shit in the movie um but they're going through things together and it's like this crazy you know it is what it is i don't want to give too much away about it um i think it's called um uh, sorry guys pieces of a woman excuse me oh it's called pieces of a woman and um that even sounds yeah. heavy. 
It was, it was, um, I told it. So Adri was the one who told me to watch it and she basically, you know, she warned me. Um, and I started watching it and I had to turn it off Yeah, and then I went back and finished it. So it's like, it's rough, but anyway, uh, don't watch it for Shia. Watch it for the actress because she's amazing. Um, and it's just, it's just a, anyway. So that's our, um, two little stories of our claim to fame. Mine was very young, yeah. very prosperous. Sarah's was actually real and happened. Um, <laughs> mine also really happened, but it just wasn't. Yeah. Nothing happened after that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so should we, let's t- uh, bring it bring it back. Should we bring it back? Where are we? I think we could we could bring it back. I don't know. I feel like I'm in space. Mm. <clears throat> so to a time continuum. Just to remind you, you're at hitting the bottle podcast. This is not a celebrity share. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a drop the name podcast yeah, name drop uh, but tonight we're going to talk about one of um if you guys remember we did a, that poll a couple weeks ago and so we're kind of just going through all those based on how you guys voted so this week we are doing when did you really feel like a parent and um we're kind of just going to talk about those moments or instances and then we also have a story from our first guy and we're Yay! so excited because, um, you know, we we definitely want this podcast to reach everyone and not just women. So I think it's really great that we have our first guy tonight. So excited to hear yeah. the story because obviously we haven't listened to it yet. No, we don't have any idea what it's about. But he's a he's a he's been a great supporter. And um, thank you, Ryan, for listening. And thank you for sending us your spill the wine. And we are really excited to hear it mm-hmm. in a little while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, um, so so yeah. When did you first feel like a parent? I think there's um, there's a lot of different times, and I think that uh, maybe some people felt it before they had their child. Uh, I do feel like men feel it differently than than moms. Um, when did you feel it? So I was telling Sarah before we started recording when she suggested this episode topic I was like oh fuck like I don't know because I think that my whole I feel it was just a hard one for me I'll just say that it was a hard one for me because I couldn't really pinpoint it so I started reading about just like other moms experiences and trying to gather like you know pick apart what I could and be like oh yeah that was for me that was for me um for me so I don't really know the exact date or even like relatively when and where I was. Um, but I think I want to say that like, I, when I felt in my, like when I felt my heart breaking in a way that I've never felt before with River, um, breaking in a way because I love her so much and breaking in a way that I feel like I can lose all, con- oh fuck. <laughs> um, that I can lose all control because you love something so much, right? Like when you, when you love something so much and you're so afraid that you're going to lose it because you love it Mm -hmm. so much that for me was I think if I really think about it that like it wasn't like some instance that happened or something that happened it it was just this like feeling of I am never going to love anything else the way I love you and that has to be uh a feeling of as from me as your mom like that's not coming from anybody I've ever loved or I could even imagine loving somebody the way that I love River but 
loving something so much and worrying that you can lose it. It's a, it's an out of control feeling. And yeah. um, it sucks because it almost feels like my happiness is contingent upon her being around. I'm not going to be happy without her. And that, that overwhelming feeling of needing and wanting and loving something so much makes me, reminds me of myself being a parent, I guess. Uh, maybe this is not making any sense, but. No, it makes total sense. It makes the most amount of sense. Like, I don't know if these are necessarily moments of when I felt like one, um, but they are moments that continue throughout time to remind me of my role as a mother. Um, like she needs me and I need her and I'm responsible for her. And it's a deep, deep emotional thing to understand that somebody needs you and you need, and you need them. And I think like even the little things, like when they look at you or they need you to help them with something or they ask you to help them with something, it's just, oh my a, God, yes. it's a, it's an emotional feeling of responsibility, right? You're like, this, you're, you're coming to me because you need me. And every single time that happens, whether big or small, it's not like I stop and I'm like, whoa, I'm a mom. But I do stop and smile and, and I'm, I'm grateful that she needs me. And that reinforces my duty and role as a mother to take care of her and help her. And, you know, there is a great value in learning about our children and learning who they are and then encouraging them to be whatever they want to be. So when they look at us and they say, like, I need help. Um, there's just a great value in that responsibility, I think, because it we're learning yeah. about them and we're learning what they need. And I get to be the person to help her with that. So yeah. I think that yeah. like, those little reminders um, of responsibility are like so proud and small at the same time. Like they're, they're and like, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say they're just, they just feel really good. They just, yeah. um, so that's like, nothing like happened and it continues to happen it continues to happen when she looks up at me or you know she wants to snuggle or whatever it is like those are little uh, instances yes but I think the main point is this feeling that you can't I can't even talk about it without not making sense because it feels like something outside of my body it feels mm -hmm. like my love for her and my love for my kid is something that you will never know until you have mm -hmm. a kid and I, and I never really understood what that meant. Mm -hmm. And I, and I understand it now because it is a powerful, scary, mm -hmm. protective, intense feeling. And I don't see that ever going away. And my, the rest of my life, I'm going to be a ball of anxiety. Yeah. I worry that I'm going to, that I won't get every second I want with her. And that makes yeah. me feel like a mom. That room, that gives me my. It reminds me of my purpose as a mom. Yeah. Um, well, that's powerful. <clears throat> um, that's just, I think that that's like the nail of the head. Like uh, that's, that can translate to anybody. I feel like you just, you just nailed it in a way that like that translates to whatever moment it ever was, because that's the feeling. And I, and I do, I remember people saying that all the time, like you won't, you won't even understand how much you love it. Like you're just not like love your child. Like you're never going to understand and you're never going to be able to express that uh, love. And it was like the moment. And this isn't, this is not the same for a lot of people because I know that, you know, some people don't feel that connection, but when you feel that connection and when you finally get that connection, it's like 
what you wouldn't do for this being. Uh, it's the most, it's an incredible feeling. It's not, you know, it's an incredible feeling. And, um, you know, to people who don't want children, uh, it doesn't mean that you don't love things, Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's just an explanation of like, there's just no other way to explain it. It's, it's, um, it's consuming. Yeah. Uh, it's- it's consuming, it's consuming and it's heartbreaking. And it's, it's like you saying that was just like, Oh, that's so true. It's, it's, it hurts. You love it. You love your child so much that it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely felt, I didn't feel like a mom when I was pregnant. Like I loved being pregnant. Um, I wasn't one of those people that was like, I'm a mom as soon as I saw the pregnancy test. Cause I think there was so much going on and I'm just, it didn't feel like that to me. Yeah. I'm like a tangible um, person. Like I, I need, yeah, yeah. I like learn by a visual learner, right. Or whatever. So yeah. like, I feel like that kind of relates to being pregnant. It's like, well, it doesn't feel real yet. It's not here yet. Right. Right. And you still have your freedom. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, to put it, to put it bluntly, like you still have a life that you were used to. So your life hasn't Absolutely. quite changed in the way that it does when you have, have the child. Um, but I, I, I will say uh, the second the second Owen was in my arms after I vomited all over the place and got a moment alone with him. Uh, that was it. I, I, I cried. I felt overwhelming love. I felt, uh, like I I told you, I would, I I immediately thought like I could do this again. And it wasn't like, I want another one. It was like, Oh my God, if this is the feeling that if this is the joy that you're brought by, like it, it was, um, I can't explain it, but I will say from that moment on, the love is growing. I, I, you know, but it also is hard because he's a, becoming his own child and it's like, you know, you're dealing with a human. So, um, you know, there are, there are ups and downs, <laughs> but I also feel imposter syndrome, like parent imposter syndrome, like, um, I don't know how to explain it exactly, except like I shouldn't have this child or um, I'm not a good parent or uh, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's, it's the only way I can come up with it is like imposter parent imposter syndrome, because it's like um, with imposter syndrome, you feel like you're not doing a good job at your job or you're, you're like not, you're portraying yourself as something and you don't really feel it inside. And I feel that sometimes where, um, it's surreal maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think about the things that I'm doing differently than my parents did. And I go, man, I'm not, I don't know. Like, am I really, or I think about other parents. I think about seeing parents at the playground or parents that, um, uh, are at daycare or, you know, and a lot of, a lot of times it has to do with parents that are, have a, a, a partnered up. Like, I I think that sometimes as a single mom, the imposter syndrome comes in like, um, really heavy. Um, and I don't know how to say that. Like I, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm a parent because it's, uh, it's this, uh, we're talking about tangible and intangible. This is like a very intangible thing to explain. Um, it's funny though. Cause I know, I, I feel like I might know what you're talking about. Like when you say it, it's like an imposter syndrome or that it feels surreal. Sometimes I like forget or not forget, but then I like see her and I'm doing something and I'm like, whoa, she, I'm your mom. 
or yeah. like, yeah. And you can't explain that or say that without knowing that feeling. So maybe some people who are yeah. listening, like know that feeling, but I get, I get what you're saying because maybe also, and I'm, I'm taking this from what you're saying. I'm not saying, saying that this is what you're feeling, but it's almost like a comparison thing again, where like I yeah. see people who are like 24 seven mom and I'm again, so many different people. So it like, when I do one thing to the next and I'm this person to, the, to my next stage of who I am, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm back in mom role and I like snap back into it and I'm like, oh my God, like you're mine. And you just kind of want to like touch them and yeah. like, you're like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> How I know, I, like, just come, let me squeeze you forever. I, th- I think the other part of it too, um, like you're saying it is like sort of that judgment, but it's, it's not that people are judging not that people are judging. It's that we're going, um, thinking people are judging. Like I think sometimes, um, when I drop him off at school, uh, and I forgot his clothes, this is the most silly thing, but like something simple like that. It's just, it's almost like you think people are looking at you going, Oh my gosh, she's not a good parent because, and again, there's something about the stigma, uh, or something that I put on myself about being a single parent maybe I'm projecting that because it's like, uh, I've had people say things like, um, Oh, not to me, not like you're not a whole family, but I've had people say things like, Oh, I want to, I need to have, it needs to be a man and a woman and a man and a woman. It needs to be a couple. It needs to be people that have a children together. Like it's not a full family if it's just one. And, uh, that I don't feel like it gets to me, but then in those moments where I feel it, it, it I realize it's gotten to me. You know what I mean? Like on a regular, regular everyday basis, Owen and I are a, fa- a family. We are a whole and that's it. Um, but there's those moments where I go, oh, do people see me that way? Oh, do people look at me as a single mom and go like, oh, she's um, poor, poor her. And, and, and that like hits me in my parent gut in a way. Um, I don't even know if I'm making sense. I'm like, on this tangent sense. That it, it think- feels okay. It, it feel it it it's sounding good, and I and I like what you're saying because I think that even the comment about like it's just one. No, you know what's just one? Owen being by himself. That's just one. Sarah right. is doing two people, ten people's work by herself. So that's not that's more than one. That's a fucking hundred. And Owen's gonna feel every bit of that. So yeah, I mean. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. And I think sometimes it feels like, um, like I joke about dating. I don't really, I don't, I don't really feel, you know, someday if I find a partner, um, and we're equal and, and we build each other up and we're on the same field and plane and like, and, and, and he loves my child and that, that life. Great. But right now I don't care about that. That's not, that's not a part of my agenda. Um, But at the same time, I do feel um, that if there was another person, and this is just fucking reality or science, if there's another person, he's getting extra attention, he's getting extra care. So, you know, that creeps in when you go like, yeah, okay, I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot. um, But am I doing enough? Um, And and there's that other part of it that like, am I, am I, I don't want to say I'm a bad parent, but is it like, should I have done this? I guess the imposter syndrome comes in as like, should I have had this child knowing that it was just going to be me? You know, I don't know. I I Um, mean, obviously, yes. It's hard to be a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, That's it. It's like a, 
forever worry, mm-hmm. stress, anxiety, love. And that comes with love. I think if anybody is listening who like doesn't have a kitty, it's like that's you get those feelings too in a relationship, right? You worry yeah. and you love somebody so much that they're gonna leave and you just hope that they stay. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. and then Justin Gorini shows up at the airport and all hell. Why must you open these old wounds? (laughs) But it's hard Uh, and and we're going to feel it forever. I think that this question of, you know, when did you really feel like a parent? We're going to, we're going to feel like a parent where there's an initial point and there's a a feeling, which I think it's great for us to talk about because it's so interesting. Like I would love to hear so many people's perspective on this. Me too. Me too. Because I, and especially like, not especially, but I think even people that didn't connect with their child at the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, I, because of also the anxiety that you get because the pressure of connecting with your child, right? It's like, like we're talking about how much we love our kids. And like, if someone doesn't feel that they probably feel that anxiety going, well, I didn't feel that way. And it's like, no, we don't want you to feel that way. Um, we want to tell that story too. Like, let us, if you, if you didn't feel that, like, let's let everybody else know that that's also okay. And that that shit happens. Um, and, um. I and think, you know what? Maybe you have an asshole kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe you don't like him all that much. Maybe because he's just a dick. Well, when you first brought it up, that I, that's what I was doing. I was trying to find a, a pinpoint. And I was trying to think, was it when I first held her? Was it my pregnancy test? Was it when I first felt her kick in, in my stomach? Like, what, right. what was it? And yes, I felt like a mom, but I'm like doing the motions throughout pregnancy and then throughout birth. Obviously, in my birth story, you know, our birth stories were not the most enjoyable romantic scenario and and then they're in your arms and yeah I felt like it and then I was like maybe it was when she latched maybe it was this maybe it was that and I'm like you know what it's a feeling it wasn't a moment Mm -hmm. and I think that that's like gonna be a lot of all of us thinking about this it's like yeah yeah Yeah, I like that I mean it's true it's a it was a feeling not a moment yeah and maybe, and maybe it's just that moment, that feeling attaches itself to a moment, exactly. right? So that's yeah. when it's, you get to go, yeah. oh, I, I, you know, I felt like a parent at this moment, mm-hmm. but. Absolutely. Absolutely. But even if you felt like a parent, this is me speculating and just, you know, even if you felt like a parent before you had your baby, I feel like it would just change because you don't know what that means. Like, even if you thought you felt like a parent when you saw those yes. lines and were like, oh, I'm pregnant, you don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I think even just for the love aspect, I didn't love River the way I did when she was inside me, the way I do now. Like no. I, don't, I, I didn't, and I think no. that that also, you know, it's almost impossible to. Yeah, you, you, you have a sense of responsibility and and knowing that you need to take care of this thing growing inside of you, or, um, that kind of feeling. But that's that's not the end all be all. And I think that that's mm-hmm. what is, you know, such a lovely thing. And maybe it's reassuring to people who might struggle with, you know, infertility and, and, and trying to whatever way that they can to have a baby. Like maybe this is refreshing to hear. I don't know, but like, yeah, no, I don't want to make any assumptions, but it isn't for me, at least it wasn't like I needed to have her inside my belly. And that's the only way I would ever feel like a parent. Like that whole journey right, was right. just a very, I'm caring and I'm nurturing and I'm loving and I'm protecting, but um, really like seeing them and seeing their personalities and seeing them look at you and seeing them 
need you, I think is the most powerful point of being a parent. It's like, oh shit. Like I have a, I have a job now, (laughs) you know, like I have, you know, many jobs, but, um, it is kind of a job because we need to be responsible about it. I hope, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's a heavy freaking job. We're like making sure, making sure to raise good humans, but that's a really good point to say, uh, you know, for us, we carry the children. Um, but for many people who did surrogacy or who who adopted or people who, um, are men who don't carry the children. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I also remember after Owen was just like smushy and born, um, hearing and, and you know I don't know the science behind this and um but but it makes sense to me in a, in a way of like the the father doesn't really have that connection because they're not inside of them so it takes them longer to kind of like have that connection after birth but maybe that's just a myth that we tell ourselves because <laughs> maybe that's just society telling us that's how it goes because yeah. they want you know you know what I mean like who knows that could just be bullshit so um I think that is a lot of conditioning from society, right? To, totally, to, totally. To make other mm-hmm. people, women, parents, fathers feel like inadequate or not as much when they have kids, gay couples, you know, I mean, so many people that have different routes about becoming parents and they're all valid and they're all, we all get the same result, right? We, we're all right. parents, um, whatever way you get to that point. And none of that should be minimize because what might be 10 months to somebody to somebody is 1800 years to you so yeah, yeah. fuck that statistic yeah. or fuck that yeah. stigma because it's not real it's not real you you become a parent the second you decide to one show up two realize it's your responsibility and three love the shit out of that kid that's yeah that's when you become a parent yep so yeah i uh I, this is sort of not the same, but like, I think about my parents getting married and like our family dynamic, um, uh, because my mom passed away and my dad got remarried when I was around 11, 12 and, um, just like we're a family and this is a different thing, but just to look at it in a different perspective of like, uh, my brothers who are step related to me are still my brothers. It's like they, they, just because we weren't birthed and born of the same mom, they are my family and that's it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think when you, when you decide to take on, and I didn't decide, <laughs> I didn't decide <laughs> that, that they were going to get married, but, but, you know, in, in a sense of like, once you decide that you're going to take a child into your life and become a parent, um, that's it. And you can't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Like that's, um, mm-hmm. that love is, is pure and true. Uh, whether you had the child or were given or, um, adopted or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're all killing it. All right. And you love those kids and you take care of them and you make sure they grow up to be good people. Yeah. And the good parents to their kids. Mm-hmm. If they decide to have them. And get your me time in because you need that shit. I mean, listen, <laughs> Um, well, I think we should listen to, speaking of listening, yes. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we should take a listen to our friend Ryan. Yes. And um, in a little segment, we like to call Spill the Wine. Spill the Wine. Every now and then, I can't. I gotta write these down so I can't. I'm not doing whatever. Whatever. Saw Gucci baby. Um, Don't ever let me say that again. I'm so. I'm so. uh, I don't know what to say to that. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hear it. Hi, hitting the bottle. Hi. My name is Ryan McHugh, and I am a full-time stay-at-home uncle to my wonderful yet pain in my ass nephews Matthew and Jason who are 11 and 8 and I do this with the help of my amazing partner Samantha who during this pandemic in the last 11 months has essentially worked six days a week every week and we'll continue to do that, not only to provide for our family, but because she needs to. Mm-hmm. The Being in the medical field and as a social worker um, has all types of challenges these days. And mm-hmm. she has done an amazing job um, during that time to not only keep a roof over our heads but you know help the people that she works with and the people she works for but we are aunt and uncle or aunt samantha and uncle ryan (laughs) (laughs) we took matthew and jason in um back in 2015 um in the end of august and they have lived with us ever since they are originally from ohio then moved oh to hey Florida, me too and now live here in boston and i have converted them into full-time boston fanhood and they are <laughs> hard not to <laughs> they love well ohio's teams tv in general but on a day like today where it's Saturday afternoon, and I'm recording this for you two badass moms. They've already lost TV for the day. They lost it before I even got out of bed. (laughs) So some days are more challenging than others, but I've found a little bit of a sweet spot here where I can share my story with you wonderful people. And the story I'm going to share is back in 2015. Sam and I were career bartenders before we got the kids. Um, She went to graduate school and got her licensing for social work and moved into that field while still bartending. But we really didn't even know if we were going to have kids. We've been together since 2012. Sorry, babe. Math is funny on that. (laughs) I blame the pandemic. I barely know what day it is, but I do know this. We didn't know if we wanted kids. We knew we wanted to have fun and travel and eat amazing food and drink amazing wine, or I was going to drink all the cocktails and Sam was going to have her Bud Light. (laughs) I think that's what we wanted to do, but the situation arose where... Sam's mom, the boy's grandmother, couldn't take care of them. 
because, you know, she has been working since the age of 16 and is in her 60s and it would be incredibly difficult for her to continue to give them the full-time care that they need. They're active. They're boys. They're shitheads, as I <laughs> so fondly call them most of the time. But they were six and almost three when they came to live with us. And, you know, we wanted to do fun things and, like, make life fun for them. So in October, we got all dressed up and Sam's mom, myself, Sam, and the boys went to some farm that had a corn maze and animals and, you know, that stereotypical New England Saturday afternoon where it's a little chilly out, but it's perfect, um, you know, sweatshirt and jeans weather. And, you know, we thought it'd be fun to take these kids up to the farm and do some fun activities and just get out of the city for the day. So we're up there with some friends who met us there who have kids as well. And what I refer to them as real parents <laughs> instead of Sam and I who are, I don't know, trying to figure this out. We don't really know what we're doing. But you newsflash know, we're all trying to figure it out. Truck, and like there's tires and the kids are playing and you know, I'm watching Matthew and Jason's standing right next to Sam and Sam's mom and a moment later, two minutes later, where's Jason? I thought he was with you. Why would you think that? Jason was standing right there with you. Where is he? And the crippling fear of not knowing where your child is mm. is incredibly overwhelming. Because it's then like worst case doomsday scenarios yeah. um, now running through your head. But also where the fuck is my child? And why is he not here? And you're anxiously looking around and moving around and then oh you're inside the truck because it was a big broken down red truck and you were behind the wheel because of course you are why wouldn't you be you're three and you want to drive this truck <laughs> now thankfully we haven't had any of those since then but that was a Oh my god. Not a wake up call necessarily, but a fun one. <laughs> and something you two may go through. Yeah. Especially given the personalities you described of your <laughs> two wonderful children. <laughs> that are active and big personalities and sound so bright at such a young age. But we get. Well, not we. I get these Snapchat memories of the kids when they were little and they were so little. <laughs> now they're just big and they talk back. <laughs> they don't follow instructions. And oh my goodness, why can't you just be three and little <laughs> and like talk kind of funny and enjoy your cupcakes? <laughs> but yeah. They're fun. They're a lot. 
Matthew is 11 and the oldest, and he has a big personality mm. and big mood swings. Mm. But he's super bright. He just... He doesn't have the confidence in himself that we have in him, and oh. it's tough to watch sometimes. But when, like, he finally figures it out, it's really cool to watch that accomplishment and, like, proudness. Like, look at what I did. I can do it. Absolutely. And I really believe they can do anything. They're two special kids. Mm-hmm. And even though... <laughs> Um, even though they are a lot for us a lot of the time, especially when they have only hung out with me for 11 months, (laughs) it's, um, it's still fun. Yeah. It's challenging. It's never very, very rarely is it easy. Very rarely Mm -hmm. do I wake up and just have like a normal day from... Right. Sun up to sudden down. Now those days are gone. Yeah. But well, what is normal? Uh, I am grateful. And I am yeah. grateful for this podcast. And the We're grateful for wonderful you. Wonderful thing you ladies do um, to share your experiences and truths and things you struggle with and to be able to openly and confidently talk about them, even if you didn't feel confident at the time or. It's the struggle to talk about the struggle is hard. It's a wonderful platform, and thank you for letting me share. Cheers. 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 I'm a mess. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm a mess. First of all, if Ryan could talk to Owen... Owen would sleep all night. His <laughs> voice, I am like this beautiful song, like so calming. And oh my God, it has nothing to do with his story, but his, I, I just, I can't. Um, I kept thinking that, like, just come talk to Owen. I'm just going to call you up on no. Zoom. Seriously. Uh, his, like, boys, too. And they're oh like, oh my God. Oh my. I, what a. I, I like I, I have the chills because we didn't have a clue what Ryan was going to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and um, and you know, I I don't uh, I didn't know his experience, I didn't know his story. So, um, yeah, just the fact that like, um, he's coming from this perspective of taking on children, um, which is so fucking awesome, so fucking rad, um, and they're so lucky to have you, um. I just, it all just gave me the chills. Like, I mean, can I pause real quick? What is that noise? Yeah. <laughs> what do you hear? It just like, <laughs> I, I thought it was Ryan's recording, but I guess it's not because it's it still loud? happening. No, so yeah, I like, couldn't hear half of what he was saying because it kept going. Fuck. I don't know what it is though. Um, um I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's okay. It's not happening right now, so it's okay. Um, holy shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, like, just pretty emotional. I love that he goes, why can't you just be three? And Sarah and I are probably sitting yeah. here being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was, was going to be like, 
Well, Lish, I guess we should be grateful right now that we got three-year-olds. God damn it. Oh, God. Ryan. I literally wrote that down. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote down, why can't you just be three? I mean, it's so funny. But, like, I love – Ryan, again, you are our first guy to, to first of all, come on our podcast. But also you have been supportive from the second we got here. So – Thank you, because I think that your story and what you are doing with these boys is um, your saint. And and thank you, because not thank you, but you're not doing anything for me. But, you know, I, it's an incredible thing. And, and, I, and I love the way that you talk about them. And you obviously love them so much. And, and just saying that he might not believe in himself right now, but you believe in him so much is I my heart just like dropped to my chest, like I dropped to the floor like I. Out your butt. This out my ass. <laughs> it's something that that's exactly what we're talking about. It's that exactly. love and that believing and and respecting and loving and and nurturing and wanting them to grow and and respect. Uh, not respect. I already said that, but um, that responsibility of like, I want you to just be the fucking best, you know, like and um, not in a way of like fucking do your best, but in a way of like, I believe in you so much and you can yeah, be so yeah. amazing. You can do anything. And anything. so Ryan does make it fun. And and that's what he said. He's like in the, in this, you know, like I try to make it fun and it's like, yeah. if you guys, and, and I want to kind of shout out what he does. So he has a Instagram handle called zoom tender where he has been since the pandemic, you know, as he mentioned, he came from the bar industry. Um, he does, virtual bartending where he's done it for, he's done it for office parties. He's done it for um, like local charities, hospitals, people around his family, his friends. And, um, you know, we all still need somebody to make us a drink sometimes. So um, I think that if you guys have an opportunity to, or you, you want to kind of check out what he does, I think, you know, already his story is incredible and he as a person is incredible. Um, the Zoom tender thing is kind of cool and we might have a make a little cocktail for us yeah we might we might just need to collab yeah we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk chat offline mm-hmm. you and, don't have uh, enough on uh, your plate yes please let's uh <laughs> you, you kids stay no we got we got more for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um thank you God, just so thank you so much um thank you for i don't know i mean i just I, that was just incredible that was just really cool mm-hmm. um Really cool. And I, at first when he goes like she was, or he was behind the tire, I'm like, Oh, like the, or the wheel. I was thinking like the, the tires and I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh fuck. And then I was like, wait, he got in the car and I thought they were going to like go looking for him. Uh, and I got it. And I got it. I was like, oh yeah. Uh, of course he's going to be in the truck. No, that uh, feeling, but that crippling fear that he said, uh, Oh my God. And, and it made me think like, when have I felt that? When have I felt that? And, and have you felt that? Has that happened? I felt it in a sense of like uh, um, lost, but like Owen fell out of bed the other day and his eye was scratched. And I was like, oh my God, his fucking eye has fallen out. Like that fear of like, I, ra- I ran, I ran. Cause this is when we were in Florida and he, I fucking ran so fast. This is why I don't sleep. I ran so fast. And he has this like blood on his face. And I'm like, oh my God, where's it coming from? Is your eye okay? And he's screaming because he's still sleeping. So he doesn't know what's going on. And the fear and the anxiety. And then he like gets up and it's just like, boop. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like a little scratch. Um, anyway, yeah, he had, and that we were with grandma Bliffin. So she held him and, and he fell right back asleep. And it was like, 
this wonderful moment. But I was like, my kid's eyes fallen out. I'm so fucking terrified. And he was just like, he was basically just startled that yeah. he fell out of bed. Yeah. Like a light, little light scratch. <laughs> River's been like super into hide and go seek lately. I think I mentioned this before, but like we, we have like tw- two hours of hiding throughout the day. There's always like a hide moment where we're, we have to play hide and go seek. And the other day she did it to me and I couldn't find her because she has gotten like way too good at playing hide and go seek, like way too good to the point where we're at, I think we were at Peg's house the other day and Peg was like, I honestly, I couldn't find her. Like, I, I have no idea where the fuck she went. <laughs> You've told me this before that she's and like she really like, good. She like hides in things. Like she's creative. Like she'll hide under a dresser and you're like, how did, like, what did you have to do to your body to get under there? <laughs> Anyway, cat. Yeah, she like hides under things that look like the same shape as her body. So like she'll hide under the workout bench. So like you can't see her because it's she's like shaping herself. I'm doing the <laughs> she's movement. A shapeshifter. She is a shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah. My daughter is like is very into like shape shifting and she goes like Comic Con and stuff. Um so cool. So hip. Um no offense. Um so I <laughs> the other Wait, are you are you offending Comic Con because that shit's cool. I might be. Um, <laughs> she. <laughs> we just lost all of our. Yeah, we might have. We lost anybody in Boston as a huge Comic Con, and I it it's just floods the streets, and it's outrageous. Hey, listen, I'll take fucking Comic Con over Santa Con any day, oh, any naked year. men running through the streets. Santa Con is the worst thing that's ever happened to life. Maybe I love it because Caleb did it one year and I was like, yeah, you go get naked and run through the streets with your Santa hat on your dick. I love it for you. And he's like, I know, me too. <laughs> I mean, uh, we've had different experiences yeah. with it. Uh, yeah, I just have like Caleb and his like his boys get, um, you take off their pants and run through the streets. But I didn't, I didn't know that was the threat. The Maybe it's different it. in Boston. I don't know. <laughs> Shit is a lot well, different I mean, it was- in Boston. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they're definitely, I'm sure there were, I think it got to that point when they got drunk, but it was just a fucking ton of drunk Santa. Yeah. Uh, and they were the worst kind of, sorry, but they were not good. They were the worst kind of people. The worst I just, kind of Santas. They were the worst Santas. And uh, I will remember it not, not fondly. I remember I went on a date during SantaCon once and it was, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, New York, I love you, but SantaCon brings me down. <laughs> Santa Con brings me down. <laughs> we're gonna have a, we're gonna have an episode during Santa Con this year. We'll be like live reporting. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. I'll dress Owen up as Santa. It'll be great. Sure. Um, my point I'm was so sorry, that, like, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I went off I went off the rails. Um, my point was that she has been hiding so well. The other day, she hid in the corner of the couch with all the pillows on top of her. Oh, and God. I couldn't see her. And I knew she was in the house because I looked at the locks. I'm like, okay, both locks are locked. I, like, she's got to be she's gotta be in here somewhere. So, like, I didn't freak out entirely. But I did have that, like, gut check. And, and, yes. and it, I don't want to say gut because I don't feel it in my stomach. I feel it right in my heart and my chest where, it, like, everything is, like, expecting the worst two seconds flat. I see everything happening. I see myself on the news. I am I'm a... a I'm a damaged woman. I am dead in the world. Like the scarlet letter. It's so dramatic. And maybe that's an over-exaggeration, but the feeling, for real, the feeling of having that moment of where is my kid is 
fucking mind numbing and terrifying. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's horrendous. And I don't wish that on me or anyone. And I think that's circling back to like our whole beginning of this conversation was that like, you love something so much. The thought of them disappearing is unbearable. Mm-hmm. Unbearable. unbearable. Like, like, it's worse than anything that could ever happen to you. You care so, like, you don't give a shit about yourself anymore. It's worse than anything. It's just. Yep. <sighs> I don't care. Uh, I don't care if things, I care about things happening to me because of her. Right. Right. I care about things happening. I I just worry constantly. Yeah. Well, and then that goes back to anxiety. Right. So let's. Right. <laughs> then it all circles back to everything that we've talked about because it's all fucking connected. That's so. Right. That's right. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we love you all so much. Thank you again, Ryan. Um, we're so fucking happy to be doing this. We love it so much. Yeah. And um, we love the community we're building. And we love that um, you guys sit with us each week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, for fuck's sake, shake your beverages. Not your babies. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm following you. Time to hit the bottle there. <laughs>